Wrestling Anonymous, please hold. Hey, this is AEW wrestler Colt Cabana, and I have a new weekly podcast called Wrestling Anonymous featuring you, the wrestling fan, telling me your stories. Are they funny? We go in the liquor store, in walks Jerry Flynn and Horace Hogan. Are they sad? Two weeks before he passed away, he wanted to uh, put our tag team back together. Are they bizarre? Haku stretched out my little child, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Most importantly, let's make them real. I lost my mom when I was 14. Wrestling has always been my comfort zone. Subscribe to Wrestling Anonymous wherever you listen to your podcasts and let me become a part of your weekly podcast routine once again, thanks. Wrestling Anonymous, please hold. Hey, this is Dan St. Germain. Uh, just letting you all know I'll be at Laugh It Up Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie, New York. This weekend, I'll be uh, this Friday, where well, you're getting it, so tonight at 7 o'clock. And then tomorrow night, I have shows uh, Saturday night, June 19th, at 7 and 9.30. So uh, anybody over 18 can come. It's going to be a fun time. Talk to you later. Some babies and hugging fat girls. You are a sniveling little suck-up sellout full of suffering succotash, son. With me, that's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. We got a big show this week. We're going to roast RVD, review his band, Twitch promo, talk in your house, NXT Dynamite, and a very Jake the Snake edition of Tales from the Indies. How are we doing, Robert, Scott, Zach? Wait, did you guys watch the Jake the Snake right. Tales from the Indies? I did, yeah. Oh, you guys did? You haven't watched it? N well, no, because I said in the beginning I don't ever want to do a Jake the Snake one because it's just he's drunk. Oh, you did? Shit. Yeah. Can we talk about it still? Uh, yeah, you yes. guys can talk about it. You made it. us you watch it. Yeah, you guys can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Eight, it was eight minutes of watching a Jake Roberts yeah, action yeah, figure yeah, yeah, slowly yeah, okay. melt. So yes, I'm <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. We'll get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll, um, we'll 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 just we'll just say it's in Oklahoma, and then Scott can get excited about it. <laughs> first off, uh, thank you, patrons, for checking out the roast of CM Punk. Uh, this uh, we got some we got some fun patreon shows coming up this sunday well you'll get it monday morning we have hell in a cell june 28th cast the avengers but with the marvel cinematic universe mike lawrence and robert will be taking over hosting on mean, that the wwe cinematic universe <laughs> it's already been cast with oh the that's right wwe universe <laughs> and the dan I'm, intro stream continues i still have my feelings hurt from my work was good 10 years ago mike that was a comment um, from before the show started. The show started. Oh, we're recording on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, but Zach no. put that up as a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, 
cast the uni- Avengers, but with the uh, Wrestle Roasts universe <laughs> with wrestlers. Uh, Mike and Robert will be hosting. July 5th, the roast of Jim Cornette and Dairy Queen call. July 12th, we are off. July 19th, Money in the Bank. July 26th, No Mercy 2005. Uh, Robert was on the creative team for that, so we're going to have some interesting perspective there. August 2nd, the roast to Billy Corgan. August 9th, we're off. August 16th, Wrestling's Dumbest Criminals. August 23rd, SummerSlam. August 30th, the roast of Vince Russo. And the reverse battle royal at TNA. Also, if uh, you want to spend a little bit more money or $10 tier, we got something to sports entertainment with, and we're back to Monday Night Raw this week. Take a drink. Uh, as far as uh, our actual show, uh, the uh, the roast we got coming up, we're doing uh, we're going to be doing Rob Van Dam this week. I'm really excited to hear everybody's jokes about that. Wait for uh, the podcast quite... they're already listening to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going... you, know, you know what? I'll, I'll give each of you a copy every week, and you guys can do the fucking shitty intro, okay? <laughs> Um, then we got uh, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> then we've got with Amy Miller, Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, Kurt Angle, Lita, and Booker T. And our big show, The Rock, we're going to do around SummerSlam on August 22nd. Unfortunately, Chris couldn't be here, uh, but he will be back for another show in the future. I think it's time to talk about the whole fucking show for this part of the show, Rob Van Dam. Uh, I'm going to start out because he's like one of my favorites ever. I'm just going to read off my notes about how much I love Rob. Uh, I think he's my favorite frog splash, although Montez Ford gets more air and it's incredible in its own right. Uh, his matches with Jerry Lynn, who, who, who's been on the show, are incredible. His wins again, win against John Cena. Say what you want uh, about what happened after. It was an unbelievable moment, that main event. Um, one of the bright spots, like Booker T of the Invasion, and there, and there weren't a ton. Good feuds with Hardy and Jericho. He, he got over with a lot of guys, you know, like without politicking. Uh, great Shawn Michaels impression on shoot interview. Uh, his TNA heel run is certainly interesting. As far as accolades, ECW world champion, two-time ECW tag champion, ECW television champion, number one uh, in the PWI top 500, TNA heavyweight champion, X division champion, a WWE champion, four-time hardcore champion, six-time intercontinental champion, WWE European champion, three-time WWE tag team champion, money in the bank winner, this year's Lou Thez award winner, and the WWE Hall of Fame. So the guy's done quite a bit. Uh, he's got to start... Uh, with that awesome million dollar man segment as a little kid. Uh, he, he's also, you know, like when he's talked about weed on NBC, MSNBC, he's made decent points and brought up actual statistics and been coherent. I was, I was, I was, uh, I, he actually came off way better than the drugs are that he was debating against. And most importantly, when I met him in Starcast, what a mensch, great guy, signed my intercontinental title. Uh, and I, I totally marked out. Uh, Mike, what do you think about Mr. Rob Van Dam? Yeah, he's cool. Um, you know, I'm not an ECW guy, and it's not through, like, I just didn't watch. I, I just, I didn't know when it was on, and I wasn't really watching wrestling in its height. But, um, you know, he's a dude, when I came back in, like, 2001, 2002, I remember uh, he had a great series with Eddie Guerrero. There was you ever see that ladder match where like a fan just comes in oh, yeah, and like awesome. shakes the ladder? <laughs> I think Eddie beats the shit out of him. Um, it's it's funny because I'm Rob didn't know it was happening. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not a violent person. Like I I don't like that stuff. But 
anytime a fan gets beat up for interfering, I'm okay with it. Because it's, I mean, especially a ladder, that's fucking dangerous. That, um, that that in particular, that spot in particular, he really should have had the shit kicked out of him for. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, he seems like a genuine dude. Uh, his later work is fun. I mean, he definitely is a mark for himself, but um, every wrestler is. Uh, you know, I think that athletically, like, he's amazing um some of the shit that he does and in terms of like the ecw legacy i'll take him over sandman uh or some of the other slugs uh i think that yeah he's fun i mean the matches with jerry lynn i've gone back and watched some of those they're amazing and uh apparently you know he had a lot to do with the initial ecw revival in 2004 2005 so let's give him credit for that. And since this is bright side, uh, let's not assume he had anything else to do with it. I actually don't think he did. He, he's shit on that a lot. Scott, what did he, were you, Scott, you're a big Rob Van Dam fan, right? Yeah, RVD is one of my favorite guys ever. I remember I saw the invasion pay-per-view at WWF New York. And my oldest sister, she's 10 years older than me, her and her boyfriend drove in and, and took me there. And her boyfriend was aware of ECW, and I wasn't. And when Rob Van Dam came out to fight Jeff Hardy, he was going ape shit, and then everybody else went ape shit, and it was the one match where everybody was cheering for the guy who wasn't a part of the WWF. Uh, then he won. Then later that night, Stone Cold won. I mean, Stone Cold turned on WWF, and I was happy because from that pay-per-view, I had already turned on the WWF and became an ECW fan because of Rob Van Dam. Uh, and then after that, it was just, I loved RVD. He was like the guy for me after Austin where <laughs> I felt okay liking, you know? When yeah, you're a kid, no, you, the, you the invasion like is kind of yeah. crazy because, you know, like if you look at Stone Cold's heel work, it was actually really good. It's just that nobody yeah. wanted to see him as a heel. Mm -hmm. And even his matches with Angle were, were great. And, and a lot of the main, like the main event I thought was really good of that Survivor Series. It's just you know, like how it was booked and, and the McMahons being involved, it kind of, you know, I don't know. It, it really, it really uh, and, dragged and, it to the bottom of the ocean. And then going back, watching ECW Rob Van Dam matches, I think the matches with Jerry Lynn are some of the best I've ever seen, especially in terms of like a moment in time. He had the look, he had the moves, he was completely innovative. He, he, he was like, I mean, you know, the whole effing show was was a response to Shawn Michaels showstopper. It's yeah. like he, he was he was what comes after Shawn Michaels in right. the rank of this is the evolution of wrestling. Uh, and then something happened when WWE became the monopoly. And uh, all of a sudden, this guy isn't allowed to do much. I mean, look, is he a great promo? Not necessarily. Could he have been? Maybe. Um but I think he was so talented in the ring in, in, in the sense that all of his moves were original that you, you kind of pivot and you change maybe how you how you do certain things when it comes to pushing a guy like maybe yeah, I, you don't maybe you don't need one of your top guys on the mic if he's that good. Uh, you know, they kind of should have done what AEW has done with Kenny, I think, for yeah. him. And dude, it's also super obvious that this is a guy that comes in and. Jericho is shitting his pants to the point where he's a piece of shit to RVD. Triple H is a piece of shit to RVD. 
And I think it's because in truth, he was the predecessor to a Shawn Michaels in, in terms of Physical being innovative and, like, and not just coming off like another guy, you know? Uh, but, you know, it all went to shit, I guess. But yeah, awesome wrestler. I, lo- I Obviously, I love his take on marijuana. I think like his lack of, He's a mark for himself to, to a point, but then also when he talks about thing, there, there's like a complete lack of ego. Uh, yeah, he's just cool, man. I would hang out with him. Yeah, he's not even, you know, like he's one of the good guys in wrestling, which, you know, that's a low bar, but, <laughs> you know, like uh, Robert, what did you uh, what did you think of Rob Van Dam? I love Rob Van Dam. He, he's definitely one of my all-time favorites. I think he was a revolutionary wrestler. I, I grew up, getting to watch ECW, which was hard to find in South Florida because it would air on the the Sunshine Network, but it would constantly be preempted because it was the same channel that would air the the Heat games. So you sometimes would get ECW airing at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning on like a Friday, and you sought it out solely to see what Rob Van Dam was going to do. The, the, the moniker of the whole effing show made sense because he was the only reason sometimes to tune in and watch ECW. It was the only way you knew you were going to guaranteed a good match. You were going to get a compelling segment. It was going to be something that you were going to feel good about watching instead of, you know, the Baldies. Um, his initial WWF invasion thing with Jerry Lawler blew my mind as a kid. That was the original for me forbidden door opening. It was you're watching the WWF and all of a sudden the ECW guys are there. And not only are they there, but Rob Van Dam is being featured on WWF television. And then Jerry Lawler shows up in ECW to back Rob Van Dam. And as a kid, that was incredible because you didn't see that. WWF didn't acknowledge anybody else existed. So that made Rob Van Dam feel special where it's like this is the one guy that's allowed to exist in multiple places. He's also one of the few people I like seeing use chairs. A lot of guys rely on chairs as a crutch or they use them in a really dangerous way. Van Dam found innovative ways to use chairs and made it a lot of fun. Uh, that one night stand match, the crowd was so rabid and so excited when he beat John Cena. That was a genuine, legitimate moment that you can go back and watch and still get chills years later. Um, then his subsequent promo when he had both titles and he's like, the ECW title, I'm proud to carry this. And the WWE title, it spins. Like, he was a great <laughs> promo in that he was a smartass. And he came across as authentic. You know, they had Bill Alfonso to screech for him. But when Van Dam spoke from the heart, it seemed genuine. Did, it, what, is it real? Who knows? He's got that fake authenticity thing that Daniel Bryan does. Uh, Bryan puts on airs. It's a lot of what he does is shtick. And he fully admits that it's shtick. Uh, Van Dam's the same thing where he'll just go out there and, and just kind of speak from the heart and it works and connects with the audience. And the nice thing about him is uh, unlike a lot of the people we talk about, there's never going to be a dark side of the ring of Rob Van Dam. Um, probably well, wasn't the- um, unless we, they can show all the stand-up. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, I'll get to that. Later. Well, but, well, uh, well, let's, let's just, let's just see how long Katie Forbes lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, she may be getting some injections in Brazil that, like, who knows? Like, you know, I mean, who knows what's going on there? Uh, but, you know, she's fun. Zach, yeah, are you the first person to drown Great. from her tits? <laughs> oh greatest uh, greatest gear, too. RVD is my favorite gear ever. And I know that's also saying Ryback has my favorite.
favorite gear ever, but it was RVD's first. So RVD, best gear ever. Yeah, right back. It was, I know, he just didn't feel, it felt like when the meathead went to the dead show. It's like, you shouldn't be here, dude. Zach, were, were you great? Were you not Grateful Dead? Were you a um, Rob Van Dam fan? I love the Grateful Dead. Uh, I think that uh, I was a huge Rob Van Dam fan. Definitely one of the best of my generation growing up. Uh, I didn't get to see anything from ECW, so everything is retroactive for that, but I love them in WWE too. Big fan. Dude, it was interesting. I watched the the WWE icons for, uh, it was an 80-minute documentary on the network, and yeah, there's no controversy. Like, the saddest it gets is he's like, my dad died and then my dog died, you know? But like, he seems like a, a cool dude and, and on the right side of history a lot, you know? <laughs> like the whole thing of, um, you know, those in the shoot video where he talks about not wanting to perform for tribute of the troops. <laughs> I agree with him a thousand percent. <laughs> that they, they Look at Mike to... thinking the right side of history is communist China. You piece <laughs> of shit, get the fuck off the podcast. Hey, this ain't the Cena podcast. All right. Um, He's well, on the right side of history. He didn't want to uh, support I, I, the truth. I, think, look, I, I believe that the Iraq war is wrong, completely wrong. But like, you know, like if you wanted to go there and entertain the troops, I think that that's also noble. Or And if you didn't, I think that's fine too. Scott. Yeah. The reason I love RVD is because he's not a mark for the WWE. He was just like, fuck you. And then they'd be like, hey, you're working with Shawn Michaels. Isn't that cool? And he'd be like, no, what? Just fucking, (laughs) what are you talking about? Which is amazing. And the same goes for Tribute to the Truth. Scott, disagreeing with JBL is the right side of history. (laughs) But, but I mean, seriously, when he talks about it and he's like, I had like one week off in the entire year and they wanted me to travel. Uh, no, it's like, he's right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that that does make a lot of sense. And Scott, you heard the JBL story, like just challenged JBL to a fight backstage and JBL immediately yeah. backed down. JBL, Taz, I've, I've heard so many thinking he was going to challenge Vince to a fight. Yeah, just a lot of, <laughs> he definitely has a temper, which like is why he is always high. You could tell that, but I think that's what makes him so cool is he's a guy who is like ready to kick ass, but he doesn't because he's high the whole time, you know? Dude, look at how many people in that ECW locker room are dead. Like, we'd probably saved him, you know? Oh, dude, he inspired DDP to start DDP yoga because RVD would stretch all the time, you know? That's a, that's a real thing that I learned. Oh, is it? You yeah, said it yeah, like you yeah. made it up. That's- oh, no, no, no. Yeah, real thing. Yeah. And what's amazing is he has such like a uniquely shaped body like nobody else looks like him and he's been able to look like that for like 25 plus years like he still looks exactly like rob van dam it's like i can't tell if he's like shorter than other people he's huge dude in real life he's way bigger than you think he's gonna be he's deceptively big and he also used a lot of like the wwf cartoony stuff from the 80s with the ecw audience and they loved it the thumb pointing the catchphrases he got all that stuff over and not in an ironic way and the audience that hated everybody was rabid for him and they never once turned on him i mean rob van dam was a guy who even when he was booked the worst he was at some points in wwe when you put him out there, he would get a pop. It's that Rey Mysterio thing of you can't kill Rob Van Dam. If you put Rob Van Dam on Raw, the first show that they go back, the audience would go nuts for him. Yes, you mm-hmm. can't kill Rey Mysterio, but if you're in a match in Mexico, he might oh, kill you. Come on! <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> 
right. No. All right. <laughs> oh, well, we, we just blew some smoke up RVD's ass. Time to bury the motherfucker. Uh, which is, uh, you know, I, I love Rob. Uh, so every this is truly every joke that I have is just uh, in the spirit of roast fun. Dan, he's not listening. <laughs> uh, Zach, let's pick the order. Scott, you're up for it. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. <clears throat> Rob Van Dam looks like he'd rob a damn van. <laughs> like, a, like a hitchhiker too dumb to point... <laughs> to point his thumb towards the road so he's just pointing it at himself. <laughs> Weird that Mr. Monday Night has the personality of Garfield. I'm not saying Rob was lazy, but he suddenly stopped calling himself the whole effing show when Raw went to three hours. <laughs> Mr. Monday Night, Mr. Money in the Bank, Mr. Can You Please Not Smoke in front of this quick check. <laughs> He signed with ECW when he thought he heard Paul Heyman say he could wrestle with Justin Edible. <laughs> Heyman told him the locker room was full of dreamers listening to funk and sand, man. RVD should have had Bill Alfonso blow a rape whistle by the way Heyman was fucking them. <laughs> Alfonso's nickname was Fonzie because he kicked jukeboxes to get the change out of them. <laughs> RVD and Paul Lee were like Jay and never shuts the fuck up, Bob. <laughs> Taz hated RVD because you had to be this high to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Rob looks like Steve-O fucked Chris Pontius. <laughs> I don't know if you remember those guys. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a guy who tells you he's one of a kind and then swallows a cigarette and coughs it back up still lit. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to a stand-up, he has the brains of Richard Jenny. <laughs> RVD had Sabu as a tag partner. Sabu is the Ren to RVD Stimpy. <laughs> Sabu happens when you find a genie's lamp and make a bong out of it. <laughs> I don't know if Sabu is a person or anti-weed propaganda. <laughs> He's like the only person to ever get reefer madness. Uh, let's see. Five-star frog splash, said Dave Meltzer as he sat at the pond alone. He got TNA banned from Twitch for working too stiff. Huh? <laughs> Rob is a weird, he's like a weird kind of zen. He heard Bruce Lee say, be like water, and made it so women wore bikinis around him. <laughs> like he wanted to live the beach life, so he caught crabs while motorboating. <laughs> he likes his drugs natural and his tits fake. He isn't a fan of road rage, but he sure loves big honkers. <laughs> he ain't shopping for doors, but he's looking at them knockers. What am I doing at this point? He may not like drinking out a bottle, but he'll suck on those cans. I'm not saying the women he likes have had surgery, but when he eats ass, it's off of a plastic plate. <laughs> he dates ladies with ass surgery so botched, I thought it was a Sabu table spot. 
Hey, Rob, junk in the trunk isn't a positive if she lives out of her car. <laughs> He's the first guy to ever hotbox a pussy. <laughs> is he molested with a my size Barbie? What is his obsession with people who look like that? Uh, finally, Bruce Pritchard admits to doing weed with Rob. He said it was the first time he smoked a fat one since cremating Yokozuna. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was great oh. Mike okay uh, it's time Ross Rob Van Dam or as I call him Matt Riddled with Chlamydia U-S-T-D's <laughs> 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 Years before the Street Profits, he was doing fraud matches, wanting the smoke, and having meaningless matches on free TV. At the age of 16, he kissed Ted DiBiase's feet and got $100 for it, which was still more dignified than wrestling Balls Mahoney for bounce checks in ECW. <laughs> <laughs> he had many legendary matches with Jerry Lynn because nothing says extreme like a guy with a perm named Jerry fighting a guy named Rob with a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> His hardcore stuntman style of wrestling was very influential to millionaire sons that desperately want their father's love but will never get it. <laughs> he had really cool, spectacular moves that you've never seen before until you've watched one RVD match. Then you've seen them all. <laughs> He's one of a kind, but his matches are all kind of the same. Oh, shit. He took his name from Jean-Claude Van Damme, although a lot of those movies would be different if they starred Rob. You'd have hits like Blood Fake Sport, Double Will Piss Off Vincent End Up on Impact, and Hard Always Make Sure to Say Hi to Shane Douglas When He Shops at Target. <laughs> <laughs> he got a lot of shit from Vince McMahon for not wanting to go overseas to entertain the troops, and you just don't say no to that. Vince is really patriotic. He puts the USA in the USA versus Vince McMahon steroid trials of 1994. <laughs> <laughs> He's proof that weed isn't that bad because any wrestler who liked Coke or booze as much as Rob Lowe's pot is dead. Or managing Lance Archer in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Mitch Hedberg of wrestling, which just shows you how much more deadly the world of comedy is. <laughs> <laughs> The Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan got pulled over for doing cocaine and RVD and Sabu got pulled over for smoking pot. I'm telling you, it used to be better, guys. <laughs> His finishing move was the five-star frog splash, and I'm sure Dave Meltzer hates that name. I never gave his frog splash five stars. It's four and a quarter at best. Art Bar did a better one. Definitely Art Bar. Uh, we Rob all have Van a Dam Meltzer doesn't have What's that? We all have a Meltzer star front. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, Rob Van Dam doesn't have kids because he always comes on the woman's tits. And if he does it halfway across the room, it's called the Van Sperminator. <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly a weed rights activist that only cares about his own right to smoke and no one else's. If you ask him about criminals doing time wrongfully, he'll just tell you how nice of a guy JTG is. <laughs> like, is RVD the activist you want for your cause? He's the Afro man of the WWE. I was on top of the world, but then I got high. My championship plans unfurled because I got high. And I'm only on top of stripper girls, and I know why. Because I got high, because I got high. <laughs> 
That's, that's it for me. <laughs> See, that's how cool Rob Van Dam is. That last line, not even a burn. Yeah, or a joke. <laughs> <That's the reaction. laughs> well, you know, it's an IP violation. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to go full Grim Reaper on that one, but you know, yeah, it that's why we it's have okay. you in the pod. Robert, wait, oh no, Zach, you choose. I don't know why I just said that. Robert. No, hey. Uh, what are the odds? <clears throat> Zach's on the payroll, man. <laughs> As a child, RVD was paid $100 to kiss Ted DiBiase's foot. Considering this was the WWF in 1987, that's the tamest way this story could have ended. <laughs> Rob Van Dam's singlet designs look like they were inspired by Pogs. <laughs> he looks like a blacklight poster that learned karate. <laughs> Rob Van Dam famously crushed Triple H's windpipe in the Elimination Chamber. It prepared Hunter for marriage to Stephanie and years of having the air slowly drain from his body. <laughs> All right, here's mine. Van Dam's finishing move is the five-star sp- frog splash, which if Kenny Omega did it would obviously be nine stars. Right, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the Van Terminator was pretty cool. Also, it's nice to hear the phrase Van Terminator and not imagine puppies, candy, and dead children. <laughs> Rob Van Dam was nicknamed Mr. Monday Night which is more fitting than ever in 2021, since like Raw, he's bloated, illogical, and impossible to watch for three hours. While WWE and ECW champion, RVD got busted for drug possession, which is another example of WWE creatives' lazy and predictable booking. (laughs) Rob Van Dam guest starred on The X-Files and was surprised to learn the show wasn't a documentary. (laughs) Dan made us watch RVD stand up. Rob Van Dam is to comedy what Paul Heyman is to financial planning. <laughs> you know, RVD stand up is bad when the only positive I can say is it was a relief to see a wrestler on camera embarrassing himself without using the N word. <laughs> In the end, Rob Van Dam's stand up comedy made me long for a happier time when my favorite wrestlers would die at 40. <laughs> That's it. Oh, Robert Carpolis. It's time for me. The roast of Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is what would happen if Papa Buck started juicing. He's John Claude Van Dam with Kyle O'Reilly's forehead. (laughs) He was known to challenge guys backstage by saying, pick a hand, opposed to pick a foot, which is what the doctor said to Kamala. He refused to go to Iraq because, in his words, if I want to be in a hopeless situation with no end in sight, I'll sign with impact. (laughs) Rob's a father, and no matter where he is or what time of night, his children take the time to read to him. Whoa, that caterpillar eats everything. (laughs) He was managed by Bill Alfonso, who looks like Master Splinter on Crystal Meth. Guys, it was either that or Rat Tat No Toothy. (laughs) <laughs> he lost to Taz at Holiday Hell which I thought was Christmas with Dynamite Kid bro bro, I hear if you turn the sound off when RVD is on screen and play Dark Side of the Moon you don't have to hear his promos <laughs> give it up for RVD becoming WWE champ usually if you have a one night stand with Cena the only thing you leave with is syphilis <laughs> 
He lost his first pitch in WWE. He lost his first push in WWE by landing on Triple H's neck. Hey, pal, if you're gonna crush Hunter's throat, you better be China's dick. <laughs> his ring gear came to Jeff Hardy in a dream. Is that Rob Van Dam's girlfriend, or does Hooters have a float at the Macy's Day Parade? <laughs> He was paired with Joey Ryan in a cancel culture stable because they both had the reputation of working stiff. <laughs> to get in the group, you either have to be accused of sexual assault by a dozen women or do 10 minutes at Lovett's Comedy Club. <laughs> he was in an episode of The X-Files as guy who won't stop saying whoa to Mulder. His finishing, <laughs> here's my Meltzer one. His finishing move is the five-star frog splash, or as Meltzer describes it, at best, four and a half, four and a half. He got banned from Twitch, opposed to JR, who got banned for twitching. <laughs> and finally, his greatest accomplishment. He is the first wrestler to go on cable news in 2007 and not open with, Chris was a good guy once you got to know him. That's it, <laughs> folks. Uh, the roaster, Rob Van Dam. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. Yeah, yeah. nice one. Let's get to show and hell this week. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, we reviewed the band Twitch promo with Rob Van Dam. And my first note was RVD just clearly wants to be a porn star now, right? Like he doesn't, like it's not about wrestling anymore, right? He's just, uh, he wants to be a new Brazzers contract guy. Yeah, I mean, I just think uh, this is his life, man. I think, and, and that's when you get your best work. I think this is Stone Cold <laughs> being allowed to drink a beer on Raw. You know, it's <laughs> Ralph Van Dam being allowed to finger a girl in a hot tub on TNA. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm just upset that Impact didn't get banned from Twitch for any Sammy Callahan match. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the thing that was too objectionable. Like, have you watched any of their shows in the last two years? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is it's not as bad. I thought it was going to be really bad, but like some of the stuff that's been let on on Raw during, especially like the post Attitude Era, was way way more offensive than this. Well, it's also it's also um, it's it's against those women's body is what it really is. You know, like when you have a body like that, I mean, they could have been wearing like one pieces and it would have looked like porn, you know? Uh, yeah. It's just the type of women that RVD hangs around. Again, this is why he's one of my favorite. It's just, it's not safe for work, bro. You know, like all the cool <laughs> dudes. It's yeah, also man. very obvious that their bodies are made of many pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he tried to make it about wrestling. Like for eight seconds, he mentioned Brian Cage, and then it was right back to quasi porn. He was like, <laughs> "It's like someone trying to justify writing something off to the IRS." Like, no, I swear this is for work, dude. His face is a Porky's movie poster. Like, it, it's just like <laughs> him with his like mouth open. And um, I also like, I thought he was a good looking guy, but I showed this uh, promo to my wife, and she's like, "He's gross." Well, he's gross now, you know, but I think he was a good-looking guy. Yeah. I feel like if you had a one-hour threesome with these women, you'd feel as sore as having a 10-minute match with Brian Cage. <laughs> <laughs> like Either way, like, Rob's doing all the carrying. And Rob Van Dick, that's a T-shirt. 
Yeah, I mean, he's having fun. You know, it's like, I I was just, I, I remember, this is how I found out about this promo. Uh, you texted me this, Dan, I think with the caption, I think he's my favorite wrestler now. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was no wrestling, and I'm like, yeah, you can see it. <laughs> hey, man. He, uh, you know, the guy, the guy busted his body for a long time. It's, 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 you know, just kind of rest on your laurels, buddy. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I mean, and his story is he was married for a very long time. His wife got cancer. They, they went through that, and then she wanted a divorce. And there's like no regrets on both sides, apparently. And now he's just this guy who did right, you know. And now he's like in his however old he is, and he's just having the time of his life. I think it's awesome. And I've seen him and Katie Forbes walk out together. It works. The gimmick works in, in this, like, crazy great way. Yeah, Dude, I mean, this is this is a better post-WWE gimmick than being friends with Kip Sabian, you know, <laughs> and liking video games. Like, let's not even act like this is top 10, you know. Like, this is, this is fun. He's having a good time. He's being himself. And it's impact. So, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and its dick lands in two holes, who cares? No one's there to see it. It's on impact. So it's weird that Twitch, like, what what standards does Twitch have? I've never heard of like the you know the strict neo-Nazi world of Twitch, where they have these these very uh, hard. The, the promo was there. There wasn't much to this that you again you wouldn't have seen on a TV fourteen Raw in the past. Um, the, you know they they were wearing whipped cream, guys. I mean that's uh, that's pretty. It's wholesome. This is this is practically family. Is he still with both of them or just one of them now? He doesn't remember. Well, I don't know. So it was what Kate, the other girl. I saw, I saw him and Katie right? grinding on Great Kali at the Hall of Fame, but the, the other one wasn't there. And uh, also, Robert, the neo-Nazi world of Twitch is just PewDiePie. <laughs> Dude, that route. There's a clip of the Hall of Fame of Great Kali, Rob Van Dam, and Katie Forbes dancing together, and it yes. is my moment of zen because it's just him doing the whole fucking show finger thing, her twerking on Kali, and him, like, just kind of blowing in the wind. Yeah, and, like, Kali's using, like, the last knee strength that he has to grind on Katie Forbes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's awesome. All right, folks, we got to get – we got a lot more show. We got to cover modern wrestling now. Uh, Before – we're going to go – we're going to talk about last week's Dynamite. I mean, this debuts Friday, so you guys are seeing a new one tonight. Uh, before we uh, get to Dynamite, we marshaled in a new era this weekend. QT marshaled, that is, when QT made contact. Uh, all I'm going to say is QT Anon is alive and well. Tried to get him on the show. It was a hard pass from him, guys. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe J- Drake uh, Hurwitz will get to the bottom of it. Or Gerwitz, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, he definitely, uh, yeah, uh, Dan asked QT to do the podcast, and he said, I, Mars, shall not do your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I would have prepaid calling cards to join the, uh, to join the show for us, so. (laughs) Cody took Uh, away his Wi-Fi password. (laughs) Well, folks, let's, uh, let's get to this dynamite. Instead of going segment by segment by segment, Let's do high spots, low spots. Everybody give me their high spots and low spots uh, from the show. I'll start out. Uh, you know, this wasn't my favorite episode of Dynamite. I, I thought uh, Don Callis was funny on commentary for the Young Bucks match. I thought the Young Bucks match was, was good. They, they've been on a roll. 
And another high spot was QT saying, I will literally whip your ass. It's just like, I don't want to figuratively whip your ass. I'm going to literally whip your ass. It's like a fucking Will Ferrell character at this point. Um, my low spots uh, was Evil Uno in a singles match, which for some reason Melcher was like, this is a great match. It was, wasn't. Uh, and I thought the Kenny Omega Jungle Boy segment kind of fell flat. And I mean, I'm sure Robert's going to be talking about it, but it was a little reminiscent of, of uh of our boy Sami Zayn and it just seemed kind of like off off uh off character for him for Kenny especially you know he's supposed to be this con- conquering you know uh like badass heel and you shouldn't be bitching about you know how everything's against you when you have all these titles I'm sure that that's what they're going for but for me it just 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 didn't work R- Rob what did you think of this uh dynamite um my my two high points from it, neither came from this show because this show was pretty rough to watch. Uh, I was happy to be able to fast forward through it. If I had to pick a great moment, I would say it was the Lance Archer Chandler Hopkins match because it was about 20 seconds long uh, and that worked. This was clearly two hours of filler. They've seen what the ratings are for this Friday show. There was no furtherance of any storyline. And, and I know we talked about it on uh, something to sports entertainment with SmackDown was leaps and bounds, like infinitely a better show. I kind of wish we just watched that as a group this week so that Mike and Scott could see what they're doing on, on Friday night SmackDown as being a really easy to watch coherent two hour show that advances storylines uh, forward. My, my second favorite thing from, from that time was, was QT Marshall um, being a, a, a genius and opening things up for questions, which uh, Dan and I jumped on, on the wrestle roast account and QT kept replying, which kind of makes you feel bad for him more than anything else. Um, my, my favorite was uh, he, he made a comment that said, once that once my students mention they listen to wrestle roasts, then we know there's no chance of them becoming successful uh, as if uh, that was the only kiss of death that was going to befall uh, whatever that big, hairy fucking goof was that wrestled. Like, it's hard to have a bad match with Dustin Rhodes. Uh, the, yeah, you the, really do got to try to get a bad match out of that guy. The, my low point, and this is really like, I'm getting nitpicky because there's plenty of stuff to pick on this. Um, there was that incredibly stupid pinnacle segment where they have a limo because Tony Khan has this vehicle fetish. And on the front of the limo was the pinnacle logo, but they didn't have time to put the decal on properly. So it was bubbling up on half of it, which made them look about as amateur hour as you possibly can before destroying the limo. And then uh, Landstorm DM me during this. He's like, are we supposed to believe that they own a limousine in every city they go to? You destroyed a rental company's limo, you're assholes. And it's like, yeah, that, that does kind of make sense. It feels very WWE. What a weird critical right? thing for a pro wrestler to say. It's uh, it's just strange to me. Well, yeah, and the limo like, company got money for giving them their limo to destroy. They don't give a shit. <laughs> it, it, it's this, it's the stupid shit WWE did for years. Like they they destroyed. Is, is Landstorm Dave Meltzer as a wrestler? What the fuck is what is that? <laughs> it's a weird comment to me. It is. If he keeps shitting on AEW, he's gonna be out of a job, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't like it. Like like so that's a low point for me. Was oh wait, the, Scott? Can I just uh, one thing yeah. I do want to say? The highest point of the week for me was yeah. Miro's one minute promo that he fucking cut on his phone. Uh, oh, where yeah, he said, as you woke up to the heavens, when the bell rings, I will show you the devil. Miro is awesome now. 
Um, I still didn't like the match, but Miro. I liked the match. The match was good. Did you watch it live? I think a lot of people's problem is they're watching it live, which I I mean, hey, that's when it airs. You know, I get it. But I watched uh, it live. I watched it the next day and I liked everything besides the Cody Anderson thing, uh, the Brock Anderson thing. Yeah, we're going to get to that. um, That's Mike Lawrence territory right there. And I didn't like the limo thing just because. I I I I'm I I hate car spots, especially because it's they're all going to Jericho, and it's every week. It's it's weird. Also, just a weird quick thing I was gonna mention: don't have Jungle Boy go out there after they bury him for being a shitty promo, and then have him cut a shitty promo. That's not a recipe. He didn't cut a shitty promo. He said you talk too much. Yeah, but even that was it it came across like he was getting ready to deliver that line, like he's in he's in middle school, and he's like, oh, it's gonna be my time to say my my little catchphrase. Don't set him up for that kind of failure. Let him come out there. The crowd loves his music. He should have just, you know, hit Kenny and that should have been it. Uh, instead of him, Kim, I have my clever line because I'm waiting for you to set me up for it. I also don't like how he was dressed. Like it looked like when you're, when you like wear something inappropriate at school and they just make you pick from like <laughs> a garbage can, like all the confiscated clothes. I, I thought he would. I mean, the guy's a stud. Wearing a jeans fantastic. and black t-shirt. No, he should not wear. He's a, he's Jungle Boy. He he's is Jungle a boy, boy Jack jungle. Perry. No, Ross Thanks, says JR that. Jr. And, and people uh, complain about him. For no, it. losers like you that. complain about it. Everybody else gets it and thinks it's cool. <laughs> Let him come out and do his entrance. Like, Fuck. don't have. Oh, also, don't have Angelico on your show and not give him the goofy entrance. That's ninety percent of why is we like. That is true, though. Doesn't and, that, and doesn't Angelico looks like he should be blowing in the wind outside a garden dealership? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the Omega thing, pointing out, you know, so he, so he's telling Cassidy he's a comedy wrestler because people say Kennedy's a comedy wrestler. Then he's saying, hey, Jungle Boy, I like everything about you, except, you know, he's like, you got great hair, a great body. He's complimenting himself. And then he's going, but you're a bad promo. It's all it's all because people say Kenny's a bad promo. He's facing himself. You got to be cool as fuck to understand these AEW storylines, man. Now on to the uh, Brock Anderson. Let's do it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, first, Mike, let's get your high spots and low spots from Dynamite. Yeah, so my... um... My low spot is, yeah, you didn't need to watch this show, which I guess is a high spot in a way, but it's like, it's kind of a nice break. You know, we do this show every week. Um, This is an insignificant show. Um, The greatest uh, trick the devil ever pulled was convincing you Mike Lawrence liked professional wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) I like everything about professional wrestling except professional wrestling. But no, the thing to me- Mike likes the nutcracker. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's going to be on Vince's tombstone. Yeah, I, I agree with the pinnacle stuff. It's just because I'm a big MJF mark, and I like that everyone gets their turn cutting a promo, but it already feels like this feud has gone on forever with no end in sight. I mean, I like that they're finally, like, if it's going to be MJF and Sammy, because they got to switch it up, that's good. But, like, the vehicle stuff, that's the thing. Like, I agree with you guys. Like, if you're going to do your own unique vehicle stuff, like, Sue's van is fun. And that's different. And we haven't seen that before. Wrestlers that come to the show in their mom's van. It's it's goofy, it's stupid, but it's like a fun mid-card thing. But just doing the Attitude Era's greatest hits, like, just doesn't work. The, the beer truck, I think, is still the worst one. But this is just, yeah, it's just lame. And it also, 
they weren't that far away. I mean, so. the beer truck and the attitude era, I fucking loved, and I loved the milk truck with with. Oh yeah, but, no, but AEW didn't have a beer truck. Yeah, but it the was bubbly like the spritzer mobile was not oh, that's right. It was that bubbly spritzer. Yeah, thing. they had a light beer truck, but that, but but the whole thing of. The pinnacle. Well, wait, can I just say? Well, Jericho got to the truck first, so it just was a couple squirts. <laughs> That's true. Jake was like, "I smell truck." Um, <laughs> no, but but what was amazing is that the way that the pinnacle just watched this, like, aren't they just outside? Like, we've already understood the geography of Daly's place, and um, and 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 it's you know proximity to the stadium. It's all connected. So if they wanted, they could have just stopped the car from being destroyed. But the way that they just look like goofy heels going, <sighs> just like neutered them a little bit. I thought. Yeah, I would love for like to Max to just grab the it. microphone and just say, "Glad we got the insurance," and then move on. Like just completely bury it instead of. This wacky I think, I think the way you modernize a limo spot is like MJF and them show up with a limo. Jericho steals the limo, right? MJF goes like, jokes on you. Cops pull them over. There's there's a dead hooker in the trunk and it's on Jericho now. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a cool storyline? And then MJF's like, thanks, Jake. <laughs> yeah, someone's like, I've never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. And Jake goes, Lord knows I have. <laughs> Um, okay, so the high spot has to be Brock Anderson, the debut. The you can live in the half second pause of the crowd wanting to be excited when Tony said Brock and then Anderson. <laughs> it would have been better if he just fully trolled them and went Brock. <laughs> Um, but yeah, dude, this this guy, uh, he doesn't say anything, which is great because he's still more of an idea than a human being. Like, <laughs> we don't know what he sounds like, uh, but he comes out in fucking like boat shoes and, and short shorts and like an orange shirt. And it's just hilarious because this is Brock Anderson is the two favorite things I love about AEW. They will let you wear whatever you want and your family gets to work in the company if you do it's like health insurance you get like you get dependent employees uh, and the thing is i didn't know that arn anderson had a son but i think if you asked a thousand wrestling fans to describe what he looked like this is what it would be um yeah. this is i mean uh this is unfortunate uh but amazing and so I asked the Twitterverse, this is the biggest response we've ever gotten. I asked our, our Twitter fans, our forbidden dorks, based on his outfit, what was Brock Anderson doing before he showed up at Dynamite? And we got about 120 responses. Holy um, shit. He, uh, he struck a chord with our fans in a way that he never will with the people at Daly's Place. Well, we uh, don't know just yet. We haven't seen him in a match just yet. This Friday, Cody's going to give him the shine. Yeah, it's amazing that he he you, you could tell he has the same exact amount of hair as QT. It's just he brushes it differently. <laughs> um, but I'm going to read some of these. I, I try to narrow it down. Uh, if I, I didn't read yours, I'm 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 sorry. Um, don't let this be the reason you kill yourself. Okay. Um, at Willie Chuck Jr. says he was cashing his in his report card at the Ponderosa. 
<laughs> at Calix V2, shamefully pulling his wine drunk wife away from a Starbucks while she berates the employees about the lack of straws. <laughs> at the Flying Glass, playing Joe Cooper and Doug Reamer in the first game of basketball. At the Omar Gonzalez, hosting a QT Anon meet and greet. <laughs> at D1N01. Avoiding statutory rape charges with the rest of his Division II lacrosse team. <laughs> At Miller Bobby Jr., demanding the Chipotle worker give him an extra scoop of chicken because of who his father is. <laughs> At Movie Guy, I guess, recording O.J. Simpson's Twitter videos so he doesn't lose his caddy gig. <laughs> At Newcart Smell, tying his dad's pontoon to the dock of, on the fourth try. At Promographic Ken, hanging out with the Bucks and Jericho at a Trump rally. <laughs> at The Fiend Machine, chilling at a pool hall, trying the dangerous game of picking out which girls are 18 years old but look like they're 16 years old. <laughs> <laughs> at Bike Seth Rogan, Brock Anderson looks like he's going to the biggest white boy summer rager of the year in Tallahassee. <laughs> at DC, at the DC Matthews, caddying for Kerwin White. At Jeremy Montez, paying way too much for coke that is mostly baby laxative. <laughs> At Rapid Tapioca, complaining about the younger generation of hacky sack players lacking proper fundamentals. At Belly Flope, asking his friends why it's okay for black people to say it, but he can't. <laughs> At the Giant Cassat, calling the cops on RVD for smoking weed. <laughs> Uh, at UCD Jedi, he was uh, at a party playing a millionaire. At least that's what he'd like to be doing. <laughs> at Tommy Love Stuff, picking up the kids on his weekend with them. And no, he don't want to hear how happy mom is with your all new uncle. <laughs> at NP Pots, uh, trying to figure out who he was going to be in Cody's version of the Mean Street Potty. I'm oh, sorry, in the Mean Street Posse, uh, it's Pete Gas. At Rio JDM 421. My guess is on a date with QT's wife. <laughs> at Sparknado 781. Caddy at Mar a Largo, waiting until he doesn't have to stand back or stand by anymore. At a Santos 3421. The lost member of the O'Doyle family. O'Doyle rules. <laughs> at Love uh, FB Hate FIFA. Skipping leg day. At TRX Jacinto 15XX. Whatever it was, he printed MapQuest directions to get to the show. Uh, <laughs> at Steve Lurie, trying to get Disco Inferno into Dave Matthews' band, then slapping the taste out of his mouth, horseman style. <laughs> and Sinclair said, screaming at someone making 12 bucks an hour about not having to wear a mask. At <laughs> Birkeland 19, cosplaying as Robert Chambers. Uh, at peace as psyker my client brock anderson is the reigning defending undisputed universal studios customer experience <laughs> supervisor <laughs> at ss clay davis applying for tony shivani's former job at starbucks <laughs> at lacoca at lacoca uh aggressively explaining to younger female talent who his father is and how he will be a big deal real soon uh, at heel comic he was with jules and vincent in pulp fiction and these are actually jimmy's clothes at lacoca again uh first rule of yacht club is you don't talk about yacht club uh, a lot of people had this one and i had to look up what it was at the catalina wine mixer 
Oh uh, yeah, Step Brothers. Step Brothers, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Federal Comedy, checking interest rates on his IR double A. Uh, we got a few more. At Kim is a Cecil one going back to the frat house to reminisce even though it's only been a year since graduation <laughs> and tribal chief Oos, he baptized mjf uh and uh lewis bennett 87 and that's why government aid actually damages the poor <laughs> at semi-pro flips brock was preparing to rush pledges for a fraternity that only drinks bud light him and the boys have in-depth conversations about how high they can get a waistband up someone's back when they apply an atomic wedgie. Always talks about his peer, beer pong game as if it's on fleek. Um, at Dogasatric, sucking on chili dogs outside the tasty freeze. <laughs> at Miff Tweeter, tweeting death threats to a high schooler who just decommitted from his favorite SEC football team. Uh, at Rapid Tapioca, dragging Big Show's son behind a police boat. <laughs> at pablo 567 cosplaying his dad worse than kevin nash and finally stat guy greg of the cheap heat podcast at stat guy greg storming a capital grill <laughs> stat guy greg we gotta get him back on the show yeah and that's still not even half of them uh jesus man thanks to everybody uh who sent those in they're amazing thank you guys and thank you yes. to brock anderson for um following a dream you shouldn't have <laughs> well yeah thank you we got the best twitter we got the best fans in the world and the best twitter fans in the world so uh be on the lookout for uh, our question of the week next week uh mike will be uh fielding and out to you guys it'll probably come it'll probably come from dynamite um i'm trying to think you know maybe i'm trying to think what should do should we do next week dynamite or nxt who had the be- i mean dynamite or smackdown who had the better show yeah, but dynamite's. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the I same night. I also feel like you know because Robert uh, retweeted uh, the thing, and so a lot of people saw the WWE creative-ish handle, and I feel like a lot of people uh, try to impress uh, Robert with clever tweets the way that Shane does with frog splashes and Van Terminators. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you love these tweets, uh, Robert? This is my first time hearing them, so. Uh, dipping into my mentions a lot of times is a, a cesspool, especially when it's people who think that I'm really WWE creative and it's poorly <laughs> spelled like, why you no let Drew beat Lashley? You <laughs> idiot. Oh, man. That's well, just week- Drew. That's just and, Drew that, and that was just QT Marshall's response to me. <laughs> Well, next oh, week man. we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have the roast of Cody Rhodes. We're gonna have SmackDown versus Dynamite. Man, I wish for show and hell we could have first episode of Rhodes to the top, but we're not gonna get it, unfortunately. What should we do for show and hell this week? There is a match that Cody talks about that's like the worst match he ever did, and it's like a six man match. I'll I'll send it to you guys, but he he does like an interview about it and how like how terrible it is. All right, so let's do that. We will do. Yeah. We will do. Um, Cody Rhodes' worst match for Show and Hell. SmackDown yeah. versus Dynamite. Roast to Cody we, Rhodes. Bright set of Cody Rhodes. Probably another thing or two. Uh, we will we've we've covered all of his worst stuff on AEW. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, what's it got? No, nothing. I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you were about to say something. 
Someone says something bad about AEW. Let's go to Scott. That's what I love about Scott. Cody's the one thing he won't defend. Although... No, I won't defend Cody. I'll defend Brock's outfit, but I won't defend the go. idea Here that they go. invited Brock. All right. Yeah, let's hear, let's, hear, let's hear your defense of Mr. Brock Anderson. Well, it's a real outfit. defense. I mean, uh, like Ethan Page dresses just like him. Have you tried to buy shorts in the last two years? Go to Target and try to buy shorts. They're all super high and maroon. It's just how people wear shit. I like how you say it's like that was a required uniform. Like he had to wear shorts. Well, no, but it's just how young people dress and you go, why is he dressing like that? And it's like, well, because you're 40, you know, like that's why you don't get it. Like it's just a lot of young people dress like this and a lot of young people, like a lot of young people golf on the weekends, which people go, huh? But it's like, yeah, like 20 year olds have their shit together and they like beat the shit out of guys at bars on weekends after golfing and you know their polo doesn't come untucked from their shirt when they do it it's right like, but they're not going they're from golf dudes, to debuting a on a wrestling show later well, no, in but, the same day well sure sure but it's like i mean that's a type of dude that's out there and it's it's a lot of them a lot of them i'm not saying i hang out with them or i like them but it's it's a lot of dudes you know what you know what the the next twitter question should be and i'll, I'll tweet this but if you guys like it uh, we should have our fans uh Tell us the next member of the AEW roster debuting because of nepotism. Which yeah. family member? Oh, that's great. Which family member that we haven't seen uh, is going to show up at Daly's place next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and there's a good chance, there's a 50% chance you're going to be right. So, yeah, who, who is the next Matt Seidel? <laughs> <laughs> or Mike Seidel, which is, I don't Mike know. Seidel. Oh, it's Tom, gonna be Mike Seidel. Tommy Seidel. <laughs> it's going to be the Young Bucks super kicking Moxley's baby. Congratulations, <laughs> Renee uh, Mazeltov on the baby. You know but, what I, uh, you know what I keep saying to myself? I, I don't keep saying it to myself, but I thought about it like twice over the last two weeks. Remember when Papa Buck got jumped by MJF and Jericho? Yeah. I keep thinking it happened because he offered to suck their dicks just for like, <laughs> just for like weed. <laughs> you know what I just thought of? Like, can you can you imagine how awkward it's gonna be when Kingston holds Moxley and Renee's baby for the first time and he just cuts a promo on the baby and it's like I wasn't able to have one of use because of the sacrifices that I made in life my mother Ruthie would be so happy dude, if I that, could... <laughs> dude it's gonna be him and Queens is gonna be unbelievable oh be, I can't yeah. wait man I'll be there believable cannot wait cannot wait all right folks let's get to NXT takeover in your house High spots, low spots. I'll uh, start off. Um, I'm going to say my high spot was actually not even from the from real. Oh, I mean, the, my high spot is that they're going to be replacing Regal with Joe, which is I think is a really good replacement. I, I understand the criticism of, you know, he's still kind of acting like a shoot badass. Is that going to make some people look like chumps? Um I get that, and and I, I hear that, but well, they're not you know, replacing the guy, Regal. They're they're keeping Regal, and Joe's going to be kind of his. Well, but enforcer. eventually, but eventually, it's gonna it's gonna it, it's it's gonna. It was to hard Joe. to tell from the segment, you know, like what that was, but yeah, that makes sense. It, but it felt like Regal was leaving, but by the end, I guess he's deciding to stay. Well, my high spots of the show, there were some really creative spots in in the five way when. Um, when Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly looked at each other to powerbomb carrying cross and deciding to do it. I thought that was really well done. I love Bronson Reed destroying Santos Escobar. 
Um, but my high spot of the week, which has nothing to do with NXT or AEW, is the stardom main event. The uh, Utami Siori match is unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, the stiffest uh, match I've seen since probably like, you know, I don't know, Ishii. <laughs> and wait, what are you, what are you laughing? Yeah, just, she said stiffest. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic match. My, my low spots of this. I, I I under I do think that at times this past week, especially the promo, but but the show itself um, exposed carrying cross a little bit when you have these fantastic workers. Um, you know, I actually thought he should have done less than he did. Uh, L.A. Knight's trash talk is like just generic zone for me. I, I just don't you know, it's just not for me. And Ted DiBiase ringside during that Cameron Grimes match, who I love. He just looked like he was waiting at Foot Locker for a guy to come back with wider New Balances. He just looked <laughs> falling asleep. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's uh, my high spot, low spot of the show. Um, wait, I think my microphone got unplugged. Sorry about that. Um, so, uh, Mike, what, what are your high spots and low spots for NXT TakeOver in your house? Not watching it. <laughs> yeah i i was like I, I i watched the samoa joe segment um uh, with regal but yeah that was, on, I that was on nx that was just on the show that was on the yeah show that was after. on the tuesday yeah. after but yeah i because i think you told me like this was kind of a bland takeover and i was it was out. on the lower ends of takeovers for sure it was not a good takeover in, yeah in and i was out doing stuff and then i'm just like i don't you know, I either either I spend two hours watching RVD. I mean, writing RVD jokes and and and, and researching that, or this. I'd rather do that. <laughs> I did. I just I didn't want to watch this, and I didn't. And if that makes me a worse fan, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, we just lost three listeners. <laughs> Scott, um, one of them was Triple H. <laughs> Scott, high spots, low spots of the show. Uh, I liked I liked most of the show fine enough. I don't know if there was necessarily a low spot other than the feeling the entire time that I didn't care much, you know? Yeah. Like it, it was NXT on my phone in my car. That that was the, the special I got. Yeah. And uh, but I, I did like it. I thought the main event was was way better than I thought it was gonna be. Um I, I thought I mean five guys is really messy. Uh, but it worked for me. Use some napkins. It's not that bad. Just keep it in the tinfoil before you take a bite and you're good. I hope Bronson Reed's listening to this. <laughs> oh, and I liked that match, but e but even that match didn't impress me like I thought it would. There was a lot of that all night. The for the Bronson Reed uh, MSK match. Or, yeah. you know, Robert. You know what it, sorry, I was going to say, you know what it is? I can't watch phoned in Friday Dynamite and then a phoned in NXT pay-per-view in the same week. Yeah, yeah. Like, when they don't give a shit, like, then I don't want to watch. Robert, what do you think of the show? High spots, low spots? Uh, my first high spot was I'm a, I love the nostalgia they did for In Your House. I grew up loving that. That was a, that was like such an unappreciated era of me being a fan and nobody liking wrestling like 94, 95, 96. The opening with the redoing the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. I love Todd Pettengill. I thought he came across great throughout the show, bringing back karate fighters, making a Stephanie Wilde joke about having no, no, uh, no charisma. Um, 
he just he was great throughout it. The way they set up the set was was great. I liked the way the main event was constructed. Uh, again, to go back to to make this make sense to Mike Lawrence, uh, they booked this as the Avengers against Thanos. It was four guys against Karrion Cross, and then when Karrion Cross was not in the ring, then they could fight each other. Cross looked like an an unstoppable monster from beginning to he's end. He's presented and incredibly well. They he's, protect. He's... I think they protect him well. He didn't look. He didn't look bad in the match. I thought he looked good. And what I liked was that the audience knew to boo him. Like he's a very cool heel, quote unquote. But they're like, no, we're going to boo you and go along for the for the ride. Uh, my my low spot, because I also watched NXT because I didn't read what we were supposed to be covering. I sat through TakeOver and NXT. Uh, L.A. Knight is not good. The, <laughs> the match was pretty brutal i love cameron grimes and grimes did something i think that mike had pointed out before if he wasn't integrating his character enough he was doing that in the match he did a point where he lays at la Knight, points to his ass and yells kiss my grits the crowd loved it uh la night so over man la night talks so much during his matches with spot calling it's completely over the top obvious uh his promo where he turned on dibiase was about 47 minutes long and you knew where it was going from the beginning, and he just needs to get there. I don't love having a full crowd in the Capitol Wrestling Center. It's they're like, oh, it's the it's the biggest crowd we've had. It's a very small room, and it makes it seem like it's a sparsely attended event. It doesn't sound great. You hear like eight claps at a time. It's very awkward, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't come across well on television. And the way that they have the, the hard cam set up especially during the Regal uh, promo with Joe is they don't have the heads of the audience lined up. So you're just staring at people's crotches while you're trying to listen to this. And Regal did a fantastic job. It was a very emotional promo. He, he plays that character so well. I will just throw in as a separate high spot because it was on SmackDown. It was my favorite thing of the week by far. Roman Reigns comes out for the main event uh, promo against Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is all fired up because Roman choked out his kid and Rey's going to call him out. And Rey looks like he's about to start with him. And Roman looks, he's like, I got to get my shit into the camera. He points to Rey, tells him, calm down so he can pose with the title for the camera. <laughs> yeah, that was It great. was such a great little moment of heel work that obviously wasn't scripted. They figured this out. And it just made him look like such a dick. It was it was fantastic. Well, what do you think about that awesome segment, which I really liked? And then to me, being tainted by the the Dominic bump, where now I'm watching uh, an edited soap opera looking show. They got to get it once they get out of the capital, uh, the Brutal, Thunderdome, right? they're going to get it. When, when does that things. happen? Because I mean, does Vince know something about covid that we don't? People are out here doing shit. Uh, uh, when are we? It's it's way before SummerSlam, well, right? I mean, Ro Robert's about to buy me a Cedric Alexander shirt because they're not really moving tickets right now. So, <laughs> besides SummerSlam, it's it's been a little bit rough. Let's go. But are there shows before SummerSlam? Yeah, yeah they're, they're going back on the road in a couple of weeks. But you're telling me that starting every show and ending every show with the same Roman promo isn't attracting people? <laughs> it's not the same Roman promo. No, I know Roman. It's, oh, I, it's I will repetitive not, enough, man. I, no, I, I he's, think he's doing great, but he's it's, diverse enough. He's he's mixing up what he's doing where it, it makes sense and it works. It's one of the few things they do and do really, really well, as opposed to ninety percent of of what we watch uh, otherwise. Though at least Raw this week didn't have a killer doll, so that's a high spot for me. <laughs> 
Wasn't there like hypnotizing? And didn't Reg- Reginald yes, Reginald got hypnotized? got hypnotized by Alexa. It is the craziest. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was glad that Lily wasn't on it. Um, but I like, can't tell if it was crazy or racist, where it was just like he was transfixed by the white girl and just can't stop staring <laughs> at her. It got yeah. very uncomfortable. Now, do you think we're going to find out that Lily is actually just Mae Young's hand grown up? <laughs> Dude, that's... we're definitely getting fiend Reginald, right? That's gonna happen. Oh, I hope yeah. we oh, get yeah. like Candyman Reginald. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, and, and I I will praise WWE for this because I'm I'm that guy now. Apparently, the way they handled Eva Marie's debut was so was fantastic. I, I like that. It I like was that. so great. And, and and for those of you who are on the Something to Sports Entertainment with, I talked about that on the, when I did the Raw recap this week. But the fact that they announced that morning that it was going to be Eva Marie debuting against Naomi, knowing that the internet was going to lose their collective minds, and Eva Marie was trending worldwide on Twitter. And they, it's so easy to play the internet. The only thing that pissed me off was they had Piper Niven debut to, to flatten Naomi. But then the announcers act like they don't know who she is, but Dude, she's on NXT UK. Dude, she is that's a member how- <laughs> of your roster. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's why they don't know who she is. <laughs> no, but how amazing that like, I mean, this idea of, of of companies doing business with each other. WWE isn't even doing business with WWE. It, it's fucking insane. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was man. nuts. But I did like that debut and I think that'll be cool. I mean, I don't get how you're allowed to represent a person and win a match for somebody, but I because that's the idea, right? She'll be winning matches on behalf of Eva Marie. But yeah. here's the thing, Scott. But I liked the, it. I thought it was cool. In the WWE, the forbidden door is just what Vince slams when he's in the room with a diva search contestant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those poor girls. All right. Let's get uh, to Tales from the Indies, folks. Uh, this week, uh, I took over for Scott. Uh, I uh, I just Googled. I was having a, pr- a hard time <laughs> finding uh, a good, in- a terrible indie match. And then I was just like, wait a second. Google worst Jake the Snake match ever. And it was Jake the Snake versus Tiny or Lister. Um, it is, it, it, it is, I mean, this match, man, I don't. Like my, my, I'll just go through my notes. Uh, it, when does a rest hold become a nap? Um, because <laughs> there's a point where Jake, the snake is asleep. He for sure brought, he bought that outfit at a gas station before this. Um, his clothesline looks like he's hill. He's square dancing at a hillbilly wedding. Then at the very end of it, after Jake gets the win on this guy, he just kind of lays on him and recreates the Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler scene in Armageddon with the animal crackers. Like it's really too. And but with added at the cherry on top for this, if you haven't seen this match, is at the very end of the match, Jake walks to the back and there's a hot girl there talking to her friend. And she darts away faster than any woman. I, I thought she was doing a run-in, but she was just like trying to get out of Jake. And it just ends with Jake screaming, turn that off, turn that off. Which I was like, well, look, Jake, I wish you had told us that seven minutes ago. But uh, it, it, it really is. I mean, it is one of, wow, it is uh, something else. Robert, what do you think of this? 
it wasn't that bad. And that's what I'm most disappointed about. It, are you kidding me? I will hear because you know what you're getting with a local Jake Roberts indie match. The crowd who had every reason to shit on this when he did the finger twirl to go for the DDT, they went batshit crazy. This was like Memphis wrestling at its finest. Jake knows all I got to do is go out there, waste time for a couple minutes, lay down, not take any bumps. And I'm not even going to bring the fucking snake out because that, you know, that's too much work. I just hit the DDT and that's it. And you're giving the crowd what they want. <laughs> and Jake cared more about getting the guy to turn the music off after because they gave him a microphone like he was going to cut a promo, which would have been gold. But the guy wouldn't turn the music off. So Jake just walks to the back and just starts screaming at him, turn off the fucking music. <laughs> and it's it's glorious. Uh, <laughs> I think that the audience that was there. They got what they wanted. And I kind of feel bad because you got, they I got what through. they wanted. <laughs> they saw Jake. They could say they saw Jake Roberts. Dude, listen to Robert's lawyer skills. Well, it's like if they you, got what they wanted. You if you go to go Robert, see Vanilla Ice, you're not going for a 45 minute Vanilla Ice concert. Good. This is one of the worst things I've ever it's, seen. Yes, it's he didn't bump fights. It's literally this bump is not fight. one of the worst things. I just I watched the Grizzly Smith documentary where this man pours his heart out about his father who's like molesting children, and then I'm like, I feel so bad for oh, now. I have to watch this match. I'm like, this wasn't as bad as you know. Oh man, my dad had a 13 year old in the back seat. We no, were just it wasn't like, as bad as this, this, this yeah, match. He's ranking Jake man. tragedies. Yeah, this match was between two consenting adults, which is not a nice change of pace. Yeah, all um, right. Well, be the tiebreaker. What What do you think about this, Mike? I'm with Robert all the way on this. Oh one, my baby. god! Are you kidding yes. me? Florida. Okay, okay. Here's a few things. Okay, first off. The jobber looks in great shape for a jobber. I only call him that because we, we don't find out his name. Um, but he was he was good. You know, I felt a little bad for him having to wrestle a drunk Jake. But Robert is 100% right. The fucking last few minutes of this, like, WWE and AEW wish that their crowds would react like this. Uh, the crowd goes fucking crazy. They, they oh go nuts God, for it. You guys are. Uh, out of there's, there's more kids in the audience than AEW Matt, uh, uh, show, which is nice. Uh, just by there being four. Um, the fact that Jake is so messed up in this clearly, and it's, it's sad. Um, but that you think he's he, drunk during this? <laughs> but he's on he's on like autopilot and it's still kind of like is that his, a designer drug no but, <laughs> but his phoning it in is still better than a lot of people's actual you know, effort. this was graceful he's actually like and then jake just graceful. jake just went into autopilot and then it's like it's all good but i went to saying, autopilot and the car crashed into the look, fucking look, divider scott, <laughs> but scott like to robert's point he did all of his signature moves he did the the arm drag you know the the lasso thing he did the ddt and he did the stumbling around drunk for five minutes like <laughs> everything that you want from indie jake you got and I, this was fine i've seen way worse matches than this i mean it's it, how it he, was it gets how he gets into bed dude it was sad like i i felt for the jobber having to deal with this um obviously this guy does not have the clout that sting does uh <laughs> you know i just but, love um, that the shitty indie had a titantron they had like a video on on the stage they had a huge screen playing jake roberts entrance music like they really went all out for this this wasn't you know like i remember that um 
that Scott Hall uh, against Just Incredible in that ESPN documentary, like he wasn't that bad at least. Like he was still able to do stuff where Scott Hall was so like wasted that it was like just get him out of the ring. This was, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was fine. I don't think I, I think it was better than watching Evil Uno wrestle in a main event. No, <laughs> that it was a good match. Uh, no, it wasn't Scott. You guys <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we got the roast of Cody Rhodes next week. Uh, we're going to be doing it at a different time. It'll probably be a little earlier in the week, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we're going to be. No, we're about- always going to release on on Fridays. I think no matter what. Okay, just right. like Rob Van Dam. All right. Uh, <laughs> Forget what I just said. Um, yeah. And. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast, dude. So uh, you know, like we've been building up this roast for a long time, and I think this this one's gonna be one of our best ones. So it'll be a novel show, us making fun of Cody Rhodes. Not something you <laughs> normally get here on Wrestle Roasts. And I mean, you know, we will have seen the debut of Brock Anderson, um, which I am very excited about. Uh it is I will I will say to Arn's credit, because I, I listened to a podcast where Arn talks about Brock and he's like, I have two sons and the one who got my genes decided to wrestle. <laughs> oh, he said that? Yeah. That's hilarious. And he was like, you know, he was like he came off cool about it where he was like, I told him to get your degree first, and then because that's the thing you also had to remember when you watch Brock Anderson, he is 23 years old. He just graduated college. And has the Anderson curse of looking forty-five. The Anderson curse of being the only kid in high school to be able to buy beer. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. What? what I mean, he's got to dig himself out of out of a Cody Rhodes hole, though. You know that. uh, That's the one thing I don't think people are talking about. Where it's like, no, I don't think any of us like Cody anymore. so that's a bit weird, but I'm I'm rooting for you, Brock. No, and even like like a go go doesn't feel like he's a part of it anymore. And we're no, just he's like, gone, dude. Yeah, we're just like glad he's out. It's like it's like Scientology. The end of Goodwill Hunting. QT shows up to to a go go's house, and he's like, "He's not there. He's not there." Dude, I want Dean Malenko's kid to show up, but it's like it's like a, like a even smaller than Dean, you know, (laughs) it's, 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 it's just, it's you, it's Eugene Malenko. And he's kind of like a mix between Dean Malenko and Eugene. (laughs) He's just like the size of Maggie Simpson. (laughs) Why do they not make Layla Hirsch, uh, Dean Malenko's kid? That would have been, that would have been it. She's like a Russian Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner's daughter is training under Cody Rhodes. I swear. I saw that picture. I don't know if that's his biological daughter. Starting like a WWF juniors or something. It's going to be like all the kids of the people from the past. It's their kids and siblings. Billy Gunn's kid. Do you not think that uh, she's his daughter because she's attractive? Or I haven't seen Oh no 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 no! I just think I mean the Hebner. No, I'm saying to to Robert. Oh no! Uh, the oh, picture I saw it. She's she's Asian, so I had a I have a feeling that she might not be. Also, the clothing she was wearing was not knockoff, so that's how I knew it wasn't from Earl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we had a great time with the show, and we will uh, see you next week. Unless you're on our Patreon, and you'll uh, you'll hear our Hell in a Cell episode on Monday. And if you're on something of sports entertainment with the elite of the elite. 
you'll get uh, our Monday Night Raw review on Tuesday. Uh, we will see that. Oh, hey, look, uh, leave a review. Five stars. You really need those five stars. We'll be getting five. We're at four and a half, guys. We're almost five on iTunes. Uh, leave a review. It really helps us out. Uh, also, um, yeah, talk no, post about us, talk about us, you know, like Dan. <laughs> Robert, you got any plugs? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, here's the here's the thing. Here, here's the it's thing. Like turn into Jake Roberts in that match. He just laid down in the middle of recording. It's like listen uh, listener, li- listeners, I want you to know something. Dan has the best social skills out of the four of us. And that was his pledge for more viewers and better uh subscribers. Uh but look, there are there are other wrestling podcasts that have more fans and, and more reviews, but they're not as good. Yeah, they, they I mean I, that's look. Me and Mike. Yeah, you don't have least... to listen to Conrad talking about his genitals, or do well, you? You have to with us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're at free shows. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, uh, um, Mike's right. Like, you know, like uh, we're we're the hottest undiscovered secret in wrestling right now. You know, we're the best kept kept secret. Help us out. Yeah. All these other shows, you know, with with names. And people that you like, fuck <laughs> them. We have Katie Forbes jokes. Support us. Give us reviews. We need it. And uh, uh, even if I didn't read your tweet, um, but just remember that segment was so long, uh, it's fine if I didn't. Yes. Um, Thanks for Mike's New Japan corner. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Hit um, me. It's fair. Hey, Scott, what do you got to plug? Uh, Scott underscore Chaplin on instagram and twitter all right robert uh you can follow me on twitter at wwe creative underscore ish um there's something to sports entertainment with tier dan and i broke down last week's smackdown and tony khan's appearance on impact which was a lot of fun and then i broke down raw because dan would have had a breakdown if he sat through another three a, hours of programming off. and of uh, course raw wasn't bad the week i take off next it wasn't this it was week fun. It this was, week's it was good it was fine but we i talked a lot about the eva marie thing which was uh which was worth it we touched on it here today and uh you know what qt marshall seems to really like our show guys so if you're listening to this and you have twitter tweeted us Tweet at QT. Tell him to get on here. I want him to have like 400 messages of yeah, people saying him, he's yeah. dodging us. Yeah, he's scared of Cody. He won't come on here. We invited him for the Cody roast. He's scared that Cody will hear this. Tell, call him out for it. Tell him you're being a coward. You're ducking wrestle roast. I want to see in my ads like 400 of these things. And Mike will read all of your names next week. <laughs> oh, and get Christ. half of them wrong. Um, <laughs> I I just I just want to say uh, Q, QT, um, the fact that you won't do our show uh, hurts our feelings and goes against the amazing, brilliant sense of humor you display on Dynamite every week. Cody, <laughs> we will let you whip Scott's ass if you come to on the show. Yeah. <laughs> wait 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 what? Why Cody? <laughs> Why Cody? QT. Oh, QT's got a sense of humor. Like when he goes on and he says he's a pro wrestler, it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, we're the best kept secret, baby. I ain't a bad. Zach, what do you got to say before we get the fuck out of here? Wash your hands. Oh, my God. I you saw Zach Cole leave his body on that. Hey, like Jungle Boy, you talk too much. <laughs> for all of you. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next week.